yourself. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of Go Flix Yourself. My name is Ben Conowitz, and with me, as always, is the frosted mini-wheats to my golden grams, Bradford Owen. Hey, that's me. Top is delicious. The rest is trash. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Nate? You're the lucky charms to my Aww. golden grams. Because you know what? There are some, there, there's some, there's some shy little, little pieces here. But you know what? It's punctuated with so much flavor and, and zest for life. I love you, buddy. Hey, uh, sidebar, uh, doing a Irish uh, leprechaun impression is probably going to get me canceled, right? <laughs> I don't think so. No, not at all. That's white. You can do that. <laughs> Anything white's good. Hey, guys, I miss you. Yeah, that's not the first time Ben said that. <laughs> God damn it. I, hate you so much. I can't believe this really did come out a little too easily. Just said it without any hesitation whatsoever. Just like that, that, that phrase has come out a couple times. I can't believe Anything white's good. Ben Conowitz, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, get you your go fix yourself mugs with Ben. <laughs> We're uh, getting shirts made. Can we can we re, can we edit that? Out? No, that's just, that is too good. You know what I made? Context, context. I now I know how Colin Jones feels. <laughs> Except Colin has to say it. You choose to say it. Oh man! So anyway, uh, join me next week for my apology tour, where I'll be visiting synagogues and and mosques around the world, but not churches apparently. Oh. <laughs> So we were gone for a week. We did not. Did we do an episode last week? No, we, we did no, no. No movies came out either. Uh, so. You guys, you guys were. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does seem like that. I went to go see a movie this week, but I just wish there were more movies. You, in the I went to go right see a movie this week, and he just went to the theater and said, "Closed." <laughs> no, sorry, no, no movies. I just no decide. Like there was no. Sometimes I go to the movies. It's like there's good three good choices. Yeah. And I, they were. I, I liked the movie I, I saw, but it wasn't like anything that I was dying to see. But I just wanted to go see a film. So um, maybe hey, it's just the doldrum of December. It's a it's a movie podcast where we talk about the latest movies you've seen. We talk about some trailers, and Ben makes some really really questionable remarks <laughs> that he doesn't mean. Uh, we always start off with the sponsor, Brad. Please don't do the thing you always do, and just tell us who the sponsor is. Uh, you know. Ben, it's the holiday season, so hoop de hoop and lickety blot and what? Don't forget the the cookies that you like to eat. Uh, and, I do like a good cookie. Oh well, we're gonna see how you feel about these cookies, Nate. Uh, I hope they're not like ginger gingerbread. They're not gingerbread. No, they're definitely not gingerbread. Uh, so this is a, a holiday exclusive from our old friends at Pepperidge Farm. They came out with a new Pepperidge ki- Farm, a new flavored cookie this year. Uh, and that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take it from the from the bag. Did you get this from the first. Pepperidge Farm store? I did not. I just got this from the regular store, Meyer, uh, regional Walmart. And don't look at the front of the bag. Just take a cookie out. Don't look at the hey, bag. Hey, grab me a cookie. Yeah, yeah. don't look at the bag. Don't look at. Don't show Nate either. Yeah, there you go. Cup it and don't look at it. I've <laughs> said that before too. <laughs> yeah. So take the cookie. Give it. Give it a little crunch. Mm. I'm smelling it. I'm smelling it. It, ha- it does have a nice scent to it. It smells like potpourri. This is in your grandma's bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's what it, that's what it smells like. How do you feel about this cookie, Nate? I feel like this is a classic cookie, and like because you like those cookies that come in the tin. They, I do like those cookies. Yeah. Yeah. The butter cookies. Mm-hmm. The Biscoff. 
No. No. no That's a completely different cookie. The butter ones that have like the- The Danish cookies that come in the blue tin. The Milano's? No. The ones that Chloe Trost brought to the- yep. well, I don't know why we're making so many SNL references this episode, <laughs> but- uh, it's it's good, but it, I don't I don't really get a good. It tastes just like those cookies, actually. Yeah. So pepper, is it peppermint? It's not peppermint. It's uh, so the, it's holiday nog. It's eggnog flavored, basically. Um, do so you the, get, do you get the nog in there? A little bit. It's I, I I think you can smell it more than you can taste it. Actually, it's, it's nog ish. Yeah. Um, but it's, these are it's, it's the way I like my eggs nogged. Nogged. <laughs> these are uh, these are chessman cookies. If you ever had the chessman pepper charm cookies, which Mm-mm. which are they're kind of like butter cookies. Um, and those are pretty good, but these have like a, a cinnamon eggnog, like creamy kind of almost flavor to them. So yeah, it's not strong, but they're they're no, all they're right. good. Yeah, I like these they're, type they're of solid. cookies. Yeah, for not being chocolate, it's not bad. Do you I like eat, chocolate cookies? I do. Do I you like know. eggnog? I like chocolate everything. No, I don't actually at all. I mean, I'll, I'll have like, I'm not joking. I'll have a half of a cup, mm-hmm. like, like the actual measurement, half a cup. Yeah, like that much. And I'm like, good for the night. Like oh, okay. it's so thick. And it's it just, is. It's it's, just, it's thick and rich. It's for sure. a lot. You know. Would you have? Would you enjoy it more if it came in like a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? I think I'd probably, Wally Wally would, World mug. I would end up getting hammered because I couldn't <laughs> stop just doing bits. Like I'll drink it again. Yeah. My mom likes to have uh, eggnog with hot damn in, in it in the morning before uh, work. Hot damn is cinnamon schnapps. Oh, and it's, it's it's pretty good. I like it too. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, so that's it. Holiday Nog Cookies. You can find them now in stores from Pepperidge Farm, and uh, they always remember. Well, hey, you know what? They remember to send a check. We sincerely thank you for sponsoring the show, Pepperidge Farms. We love you. Okay. Well, I don't love that. Uh, Nate, let's start with you this week, buddy. What's the last movie you saw? Okay. God damn. Just call it the Cookie Bros. No, I'm not calling you anything. I'm calling you ru- ruiners of the podcast. People don't like li- people don't like to hear you. What chew. do you like more? Do you like Cookie Bros? Or do you like Crunch Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm leaning towards Crunch Brothers. <laughs> I, I mean, because Crunch do- Brothers is all encompassing. It could be chips, yep. could be candy. Yeah, Ben, uh, Ben, we're gonna start a new podcast called Crunch Brothers. Do you, you want to get in? You want? I do not want in. <laughs> I won't listen. It's a I great won't. opportunity to get on the ground floor. No, mm-hmm. this, no. Is gonna, this is gonna be the big one. I hope it crumbles. <laughs> ah. You guys want to stop chewing in the mics? You good? If you're asking, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry, listener. I tried. I tried so hard. Nate, what's the last movie you saw, buddy? So uh, the last movie I saw was a movie called The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Recommended to me by my friend Brad. Not because- assigned. No, nope. just recommended. Mm-hmm. No, I, I texted you guys. Hey, I'm thinking about a couple movies, and Brad said that's the one you want to go to. And I'm not... A Hunger Games. I, I I think I saw the first Hunger Games film, but mm-hmm. I don't think I saw the whole trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, well, there's, there's, technically, there's four movies. They split okay. the third book into two movies. So. Yeah. So I, I don't remember if I did. Maybe I did. I, I wasn't that enamored with them, but you really like this film, and mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. Um, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, the uh, what what is the main actress's name? Uh, Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler. Yeah, Rachel Ziegler. Uh, way better than Jennifer Lawrence's as the lead of oh, this. Oh, boy. Oh. I love it. All right. I'm here for it. Um, no, it, it's really interesting, actually, because 
For those of you that don't know, Brad has a thing for Jennifer Lawrence. Brad doesn't just have a thing for Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is his wife, so (laughs) be respectful. There is a restraining order. um, Against anybody who tries to come after my wife. Keep Brad's name, Brad's (laughs) wife's name out of your mouth. Uh, so that guys, that would have been funnier if I didn't screw it up. No, it's okay. Keep, it's keep right. doing yeah, it. Cool. Um, oh, wow. So I did. Te- <laughs> I did text you and say, I-, I don't know a ton about this world. Is it okay to go in and watch the film, mm-hmm. not knowing a ton? Absolutely. And it was. It was fine. The-, the thing I don't love though about films like this is, so I, I know enough about the uh, Donald Sutherland character, mm-hmm. right? Snow, I think is yes. his last name, right? John Snow and. He he is a villain in the the film in the main films, mm-hmm. and this kind of tells his story a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't like feeling sympathetic for villains. Um, and you kind of do at the beginning. You kind of get to like yeah. this guy, and then at the end, you know, they, they you don't love him yeah. as much. And so um, I didn't like that part. You of You love movies that make you feel sad. Yeah, no, but this makes me feel angry, not oh, sad, like gotcha. just angry because. And, it's, and I, I, I think it's kind of perfect for just like this time too, kind of in the way that like the, the Hunger Games have become a little more uh, resonant in mm-hmm. recent years, especially after a certain president kind of fucked things up for everybody. Um, and people, uh, new Thanks, o- Obama, <laughs> new audiences have been finding them uh, again and kind of seeing just like how how much they they hit and kind of touch upon a lot of the complicated issues that we have today. And this kind of hits it too because you do you have a person who like uh, you know has been through the ringer and deals with a lot of stuff and they they're kind of tr- trying to do right in a way, but they keep making the wrong decisions and they keep leaning towards the uh, a path that you don't necessarily want to see them go on. And Is so this you, about me. <laughs> you you feel for them, but like they're such a despicable person, you can't help but oh, dis- despise okay, no, them. In the end, I, guess. You know? I get it. Sorry. I would say this: Rachel Ziegler continues to get better and better at what she does, and she's adorable in this. Very talented. Her songs are catchy. They're they're she, she's a phenomenal singer. Yeah. Um. And so I, I'm liking her more and more. Um. I like this film. I. I I am not the audience for this film. They did not make this film for me. Um, and honestly, they didn't really make it for me either because as much as I did like the original Hunger Games movies, uh, and I mentioned this last when I talked about it after I saw it, I could not have given a shit about a movie about President Snow. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't need that movie. Uh, but I was very pleased with, with the results. Do you mean to say, and I, I'm, this is not a bit, do you mean to say that it's not for me, meaning it's aimed at a teenage audience? No, it's 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 aimed for people who who Actually love know lo- this lo- world. Yeah, I love the Hunger Games. Probably read the book because th- th- it is based on a book. So that, but that is you. It's not, it, but not in the same way though. Like I'm, I'm not. You're not, super, you're not a super fan. I'm not immediately gung ho just because something is a Hunger Games movie. Like just because something says Hunger Games, you know, yeah. something. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, ooh, it's good. It's like you people know? that love Game of Thrones, these kind of things. Like it, there are, there's a whole world of people that just love this. Yeah, this. exactly. And I'm somebody. I liked the Hunger Games because they were good movies. I'm more of a Maze Runner guy. That's not a joke. The Maze Runner movies are fucking, fucking awesome. great. No, it's, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. They are fantastic. Um, so but, it, this is also, just so you know, because I didn't, this is a standalone movie. They're not going to have sequels to this. So. Well, it's not that they won't. They just don't have any planned. Because there's no book sequel. Right. right? And and they, initially, they were planning on doing other Hunger Games movies when there were no other books. But then Suzanne Collins was like, well, hey, I actually want to do this book. And they're like, oh, good. We can turn that into a movie. How long before the Waynes Brothers do like the Hangry Games? Oh, they've already done it, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I believe it's Friedberg and Seltzer, the people who have brought us such great movies as Epic Movie and Date Superhero Movie. Superhero Movie. And yeah. Uh, they did a movie called The Starving Games, I think. Really? Yeah. They, Hangry's right there. 
starving games. Okay. That's what they did. So the other film that I saw that I want to talk about- Have they about, been jailed? Uh, I mean, I hope so. Okay. The other film I, ta- I saw that I, I want to talk about is The Holdovers. I don't know if I talked about that last time. I don't think I did. I don't think you did. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Nate, because I also saw The Holdovers. And you know what? Spoiler alert, I didn't. Uh, you should, because- I'm going to. It is a great film. It is going to go into my Christmas film uh, <laughs> I knew repertoire. It I knew it would. Uh, Paul Giamatti is fantastic what, in this it, film. Re- real quick, what does it take for a, a Christmas film not to make it into the rotation? It has a uh, full frontal nudity, probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You th- watch, th- like, it doesn't, when's the last time no, a movie I've, didn't I've make seen it? some, like, Lifetime Christmas movies that don't make it into, like, you know, like, cheesy kind of... There, there was one with is um, Christmas with the there was like a, in in your rotation? no no but like there was one what about deck the halls no I don't think that I do watch deck the halls often um, wait what I don't watch deck the halls oh, I thought you said I do watch no deck I don't the halls watch often no I mean I've seen deck the halls but I don't watch it multiple often. times like once I mean, a year at like Christmas. films that also have emotional meaning to me Prancer um, I watch Prancer every year it's Wonderful Life I watch multiple times at Christmas season because mm-hmm. I just ball my eyes out every time yeah. um, do you like it's Wonderful Life. Eh. <laughs> what? He's Potter. I mean, come on. It's, um, I liked it when it was Potter as well. That was a great scene. Do we? Do, uh, do you watch all of the Santa Claus movies or just the first one? Oh no, I'll, I'll watch them all. Oof, that's um, rough. No, it, it it is it is. But I I, <laughs> I I kind of have a little bit of a crush on Elizabeth Mitchell. Okay. Um. Uh. So famous for Mitchell's versus the machines. Uh. No. But okay. I I like the attempt. Um. <laughs> So they do get worse and worse. Um, I have not. What, what's interesting is I've not watched the Santa Claus's TV show. I watched the first couple episodes, uh, and it was not bad. Um, it it kind of felt like a little a little bit of a return to form to the original mm-hmm. movie as far as the comedic tone. Because my biggest problem with those movies is they just got extremely cartoonish yeah. and just way over Brett, the top. Who, who's the SNL? Uh, cast member that talks shit yeah casey wilson just recently oh, yeah. came out and, oh, and love this and so just, much and just flat out said that tim Mallon was just a little bitch yeah the uh, story she shared the is like just awful like, like just you don't look him in the eye like the classic stuff from like the 60s 70s 80s that you thought you can't get away with anymore because there's footage and you know like people tweet and clearly he's being held to the task here now how far that'll go it'll go nowhere oh no of course not. but it's just her opinion is like yeah it was so awkward and cringy on set because you couldn't look at him in the eye. He would do his take and he would leave. Mm-hmm. We'd be waiting around forever for him to come to set. Unprofessional, terrible guy, you, Tim Allen. You have ho, to ho, be ho. an ethical, decent person to know that you are the most important person. Because Tim Allen is the most important person on that set. You don't do th- that show without him and still be a decent person. Exactly. Like Keanu Reeves um, uh, is a decent but, person but also, on every set he is. And he a, knows he's also the most important person. There's there. also a list of like, Hundreds of people that are the A-listers that are nice. Yep. I'm sure there's plenty that are dicks. Yep. But like to take it to that level where it causes somebody to be like, "This is the worst single yep. experience I've ever had on a set." I'm, I'm just crazy. saying th- there is there's A-listers that are nice, but also A-listers that can get replaced. Tim Allen cannot be replaced from that. He knows right, he can't right, be replaced right. from that. Yeah. And and so you have to be a decent person to He's, know that truth and still. Like and he's not a decent person. How, he's just not a decent yeah. person. How much of a piece of shit do you have to be to realize that you were in a movie called Galaxy Quest where you were that person? Yeah, I love Galaxy Quest, and I love it. And he's probably because it's pretty close to home. He's playing himself. himself. Yeah, yeah. Dick. So anyway, the holdovers. Paul Giamatti. Uh, so this film is essentially three actors. Is most of the film. Mm-hmm. 
And it is about um, Paul Giamatti is a teacher at a private school, and uh, uh, so let me let me kind of break it down a little bit. So the three main actors are Paul Giamatti. I don't know the other names. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, Dominic Sessa plays the the teenage boy who's at the school. He's and, new, right? I don't think he's been in. Anything. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't familiar with him. And then uh, Divine Joy Randolph. And uh, she's been in something. She's, else. she's been in some stuff. Uh, this is it's kind of like a I, w- I would say it's like a breakthrough performance. But she was in um, Dolomite Is My Name and, yes. the, Lo- and the Lost City. Uh, let me say this: She's great in Dolomite Is My Name. Performances mm-hmm. by Paul Giamatti and I can't remember her name. Uh, I'm sorry, Divine. Joy Randolph, for me, are actually award worthy, and that's something oh, yeah. to be said for a Christmas film, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be clear, this isn't like any normal Christmas film. This is a film from Alexander Payne, who, yeah, and it is who set did, at Christmas time. Who did Sideways, which is what won Paul Giamatti his Oscar, and he also did Election with Reese Witherspoon. He's done some fantastic films. So, so this is kind of a film where they, they've had films before where essentially you see relationships being formed based on proximity. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens, right? But these relationships between Paul Giamatti um, and the other two characters, one of them is a lunch lady, the other is a student that's kind of... You get to see he's, he's got... He's a bit of a misfit. He's a little bit of a misfit that has a, a, a good core to mm-hmm. him. And so you, you don't dislike him at all, but you he doesn't necessarily know where he fits him. And they become a family to a certain so extent. So he, he's doing dickish things, but he's not a dick. Yeah, he's just, he's just a little bit of a rascal. And like, really what it is is Paul Giamatti as a teacher, he's a very rough around the edges. And just it's clear that not a lot of people like him very much. He's very curmudgeonly. Uh, he's very smart. Yeah, like, doesn't, doesn't really cut anybody any slack, especially the students. Um, and it's it's just, it's just it's clear. Like, like the, I said, the it's a private school. So like a lot of the people have wealth. Um, yeah. But this kid doesn't necessarily. Um, he's there. uh it, it's Christmas break. His parents don't come and get him. Uh, his mom and his stepdad, I think, right? Yeah. And so he's essentially stuck there, but he wants to go see his dad. So they, the whole, the whole movie is kind of a, or at least the 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 second or third act of the movie, is them going to New York City, I believe, Boston, Boston, um, and they find his dad. And um, spoiler, but the the promise, the or the 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 journey is certainly the film, sure. right? Um, and and I just the performances were just were just wonderful. I mean, yeah, it was to just, me, this is this is like one of maybe it'll like, probably be a top ten film for me for the year. Honestly. This is one of the best performances that Paul Giamatti has given since Sideways because I think I he's great in Straight Outta Compton. Um, and there's there's a couple other things that he's been very good in as well. But this this is just the first like it's a masterclass, the first lead performance in Sideways where I've been just like, man, he's so good. Yep. Uh, Did so he do you, American Splendor? He did, yeah. So you like this a lot too? Yeah, I re- I really dug this a lot too. Uh, funnily enough, I had a, a fun theatrical experience that I, I told Ben about over the weekend because uh, I did a double feature over the weekend, and <laughs> and, and this was the second movie that I went to see. Uh, I went to the AMC uh, showplace over in South Bend, and I, I sat down and f- going through the first ten minutes of the movie, uh, and throughout the first ten minutes, I, I just this is a quiet movie too. Alexander Payne makes these quiet quiet movies, you know. Um, all I'm hearing is this just thundering and thumping bass from the theater next door. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, I guess it'll stop, you know, it's just for like probably a scene or something like that. It's just relentless. It just keeps coming. And I go and check. And my, my assumption was that the Beyonce movie was probably playing next door. And I was right. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, who, whose decision was this? Like, why did you put the put Beyonce those movie? those right next to each yeah. other. Yeah. And so I, I was, uh, and I just, I got a refund. And I, cause I saw. Oh, did you, yeah, did you care in this? Cause I saw, I didn't, I didn't care in it. Cause I, I just he, told him. He breaded it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I asked and I was like, 
was like, I was like oh, okay. I was like, it's very loud. I was like, and I don't think it's going to get any better just because it's a concert movie. And so I, I got the ticket back because it was my AMC stubs. But I, the Michigan City Theater was playing one in very close enough proximity that I made it. Did and you did you walk in and go check to see if Beyonce was playing next door? No, I just hoped and prayed. <laughs> and I was right. It was very quiet and it worked perfectly. Yeah. What was the other film you saw? Uh, I saw, are you done talking about movies? Well, I no. I let me give it one more. Yeah. So I was assigned the movie Spencer. It's a film I had not seen. I, I'm going to say this. I'm not a huge Kristen Stewart fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just the, I don't know why it is. I, I just don't resonate so much with her acting. I'm not a Twilight fan or anything like Ben. Um, <laughs> so well, I why, why? I remember this film coming out and just not being excited about. It. I also I'm not a huge Royals person. Mm-hmm. Um, no. And so there's I I. I I can respect that what they go through we is hard. We elect our leaders in this country. Um, They're not born into it. I, I I feel terrible for Princess Diana. I think she had a terrible life. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but life I, or just like marriage? Well, I just I, her life was very difficult. I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know nothing. About I mean, it. I think it got harder and harder. Yeah. Honestly, but so this essentially is a film that is told about kind of the end of their marriage uh what kind of precipitates um the uh kind of mental state emotional state that diana was in it gives you a glimpse of kind of what's going on in her life the division that she has with the royal family who now, play who plays dodi off head why i'm just asking i don't think anybody does I mean, nobody have known. Well, I'm just saying, like she died in a car crash with her lover, Dodi Afayed. Why? Why? Why do you? Have, this is not about that. Oh, I didn't know that. So this is about. Uh, let, let me let me ask you a question, Ben. <laughs> what's What's your your thought process for like how that's gonna land as a joke? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then I'm 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 also I, wondering like was there a scene with like I, a I, like I, I feel like was? in my head I was like I just said that I don't know anything about her yeah but then <laughs> but very, let me ask you about the most tragic part but of her did. life no, no but like a very, but you did know something but then a very specific thing that no one knows the name of who she was every I think people that know that really but yeah. yeah that was like the, are you serious Diana's death was one of the most publicized but, but you knew events. His, you knew his name yeah absolutely without the John Mulaney bit yes. I mean I genuinely would she die nineteen ninety seven or something I think yeah mid 90s yeah I remember her dying and I had no connection to the royal yeah. family like I remember that day I remember my mom watching the TV these kind same. of things I guess the, so. the, the impetus for the joke then was that I assumed that nobody would know the name of her lover and you thought that it yeah, just, no, there, just sounded no, funny I think everyone does own, Every, but... everyone does so right, back well, to the film back to the film well Brad shouldn't ask me those questions if he doesn't know one of the answers <laughs> so <laughs> back to the film so this is about an event that so th- this actually set is a set time film where Princess Diana is uh, invited to with obviously Charles who's in the middle middle of having an affair with Camilla Bowles who is now his wife um, and Diana is just in a weird space. Um, she knows all this happening, but what do you do? And right? they're about to have Christmas together. Yep, and with the Queen. Yeah, um, who. There, there's tension, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tension with everyone. Her friends are typically, or the people that are maybe slightly more allies, are typically kind of servants, mm-hmm. um, people that work for them. Um, and she doesn't want to do it, but what do you do, right? And so it's kind of just about that. It's about the struggle that she lives with, um, about you know, who is she? What is she going to do? Is this the life that she's going to live? Let me say this, because I, I, I preface it. I'm not a fan of Christmas Stewart. 
she acts her ass off here. Yeah. She's very, very good. She's very good. Um, and and I actually really, really enjoyed her performance in this. Um, it is not a film that I would have chose to watch. It is not. That's why I gave it to you. I know, and and I, I'm glad I watched it, but it's just. I don't know what I think because she died. I, I'm ninety per ninety nine percent sure she died in 1997, same year my mother died. Oh, and, and I I I just remember. Great job, Brad. No, no, it, it, it's fine. But I just you're re- right. It's really upsetting for me to give movie that yeah. movie that came out the, uh, about a never, woman who died the same year that Nate's mom died. When he gives me movies about dead fathers all the time, I would never give you a film about a dead father. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I didn't know you were petty enough to like just remember that. Oh, now it's just revenge. Yeah, no. that's what I, mean. like, I thought you were just bigger than that. Just no. wait. Just wait until I give him Bambi. <laughs> I, I think though this is why. Um, well, we're gonna get to Family Stone in a second because that that was the film I gave I gave uh, Ben a dead mom movie, but. Um, I think that's why I kind of I've, I've cordoned off Princess Diana a little bit because mm-hmm. there is some contextual stuff from that's my fair, own life. Yeah, but this is a really good film, and I was glad I watched it. Yeah, I I I'm in the same boat as you actually. Where uh, I wasn't a big fan of Kristen Stewart. I've liked her in some things. I I don't think she's a terrible actress. I don't think she's done a lot that has like super impressed me. Yeah. In more recent years, there are things that I have really enjoyed her in. Uh, but I also don't give a shit about the royal family. Like I I, I could not care less. I'm I'm very, was very aware of uh, Princess Diana and what happened with her and whatnot. And you know you hear things because they're always making headlines stuff like that. But it just I, feels like there's a lot being done with the royal family yeah, and fiction with the stuff, crown right? and yeah, all that exactly. stuff but but this movie blew me away i was super impressed by it because it's it borders on being like a horror movie at it times is a psych- it's very haunting I, I think wikipedia calls well, it a tri- psychological you thriller tricked them into watching a horror film in a way no it's it's more like a psychological thriller yeah. that 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 is hard for me as well so i don't yeah. because it is i would say it's, it's not horror it's suspenseful yeah and um, and it, yeah. it, it'll stress you out a little bit. Absolutely, but yeah, it is it is it is stellar. And I do, man, that that scene at the end too, where she's driving with her kids. I I feel like that's such like an uplifting, yep. great moment. I I love that scene. Yep. yep, I agree. So those are those are essentially the movies that I've watched. There you go. There you go. Uh, so I saw the holdovers uh, as as I discussed. Uh, my other movie that I saw was Saltburn, which is the latest movie from Emerald Fennel, the director of Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan. Uh, and this is in the a similar vein, uh, a a dark thriller uh, that has Barry Keoghan playing a student who is going to Oxford, uh, and he's a bit of a an outcast. He's kind of like more of a uh, a nerdy kid, and he's there on scholarship, so everyone there kind of looks down upon him because they're all you know rich snobby kids who are going to fucking Oxford. Uh, and Jacob Elordi, who is a, a pretty hot young star right now, he's also in Priscilla. He plays Elvis in that movie. Um, and he plays this this uh, kid at Oxford who Barry Keoghan's character Oliver kind of takes a liking to, cause not only just because he's handsome, but he's very uh, personable and like kind of embraces him a little bit. Is that is that Barry Keoghan? Is he from Killing of Sacred Deer? E- yes, he's the kid. He's and he's in Banshees of Inisherin. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, yes. I was just trying to place him. Yep. Uh, and so this movie follows their friendship uh, as it comes together, and uh, Barry Keoghan ends up going to stay at Jacob Elordi's family's estate, and like his family is fucking loaded, and they they live like on like a house that is like Bruce Wayne's house, basically just fucking huge. Uh, and so like it's established that like Barry Keoghan's family apparently is kind of messed up, and he doesn't really want to go home or anything like that. And he's he's embarrassed by it, and so he tells him to come. Uh, but like as this progresses, uh, Jacob Elordi um, kind of starts learning that Barry Keoghan's character uh, is a bit of a sociopath. And it's we have a very uh, talented Mr. Ripley, single white female kind of situation. Uh, and it's 
really good. Uh, it is twisted and vicious, and Barry Keoghan is phenomenal uh, in in this movie. I just I really like this a lot. It's it's so good. Is this something that he might be up? Or yeah, I could I could see him getting some awards attention for this for sure. I I, I would love to see that because he's he's great in it. Good. So yeah, good stuff. Anything else? I did. I've seen some other things. What'd you see? I saw Dream Scenario, the Nicolas Cage A twenty four movie. Uh, this is the movie where Nicolas Cage kind of plays this uh, hapless professor who all of a sudden starts showing up in people's dreams, uh, like tons of people around the world he just kind of shows up and is there uh and it's this really kind of the story basically is a, a way of approaching the idea of like what it's like to quickly become famous and go viral and like what that life and it kind of goes through the cycle of it uh nicholas cage's performance is great just because he really does play kind of like this desperate goober who is like he wants to be like uh, well known for his work as a, as a professor. He's trying to write a book, and so he tries to use this to like position himself to be able to get a book published. And so he he deals with this like agency that's uh, Michael Sarah is the head of, and like they're trying to position him to like use his fame for something. Uh, and it's it's really funny. It's a it's a great satire. It has a bit of darkness to it, as you would expect from an A twenty four movie as well. Uh, but I I really like this one too. It was uh, Cage man. He's just you, you think that you got him pinned down for like doing certain things and he just always comes at you with something something different he just did an interview where he says he's done acting in movies i yeah i know and he wants to do tv now because his son showed him breaking bad yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like what we're gonna watch breaking bad and he's like i've never really watched uh, television before i didn't realize that's what it could be <laughs> he's so weird yeah he's like, no, so not, so and, and he sounds so sincere when he says no, it, like he really did not watch television yeah yeah yeah. It's just what a weird guy. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I, I will always be ne- in, never change. I will always be yeah, interested. Never change. Never in the, change. In the cage. Um, what else did I see? Uh, oh, so I didn't get to talk about this last week, and I couldn't talk about it the week that I saw it because of how uh, embargoes work in the industry. But I have seen Wonka, folks. Wonka comes out this week, December 15th, in theaters with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, and it's pretty good. Uh, I. It's it doesn't shake a stick at the original for me because the original is kind of like a holy you know uh, movie for me. I I love I, it. I've said this many times. Chalamet is no Wilder. No, of course not. And uh, to be honest, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Wow, wow, what a bold prediction. Yeah, no, I said that. Yeah, Timothy, many times, many times. Timothy Chalamet is the reason that I don't love this movie. <laughs> uh, I I liked it. It's a it it does a great origin story about Willy Wonka. Something that I didn't think that I needed or wanted. It does some clever things with it. It doesn't it, do the, the. Does it build a good world? It does. It do, uh, the the production design is fantastic. the The way it establishes Wonka and like as as he comes up as as a character, it's it's interesting. It doesn't do the lazy kind of like Easter egg stuff that you would expect, where it's like, oh, that's how he got his hat. Oh, that's why his jacket's purple. Doesn't do any of that stupid fucking bullshit. Um, and Hugh Grant as the Oompa Loompa that he plays is fantastic. Does he do well? Because I was a little worried there. He's so perfectly dry, just like Hugh Grant is and the character is just so like he's a little bit of like a just a rascal and what what he's doing and the way he's a foil for wonka is good but uh timothy chalamet i like him as an actor i think he's pretty good i don't think he's worth all the hype that he's getting right now i think he's solid this is not the role for him it always feels like he's pretending to be willy wonka and not in a way where like you ever get like lost and like oh he has become willy wonka this is like it's not just him playing a character like 
when you see Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks he as is, Forrest Gump, he's a bit of a, he's a bit one. You see Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump. You don't see Tom Hanks. You see Forrest Gump. You know, like you, a good actor disappears in the role. Timothy I like Sh- Timothy Chalamet in Little Women. I thought he was good yes, there. he's great. Uh, Timothy Chalamet just never feels authentic when he's playing Willy Wonka. There are moments when he shows uh, his like a, a quirky side or he's being a little goofy and you see these moments in the trailer and when I saw those bits in the trailer I was like oof that is not how, how I want that to work and it's not better in the movie. Um, and it's not better. He he works very well for the emotional core moments because what, and what I liked about this movie and where it kind of uh, overcomes the, the original is it has a much stronger emotional core. It, ha- it packs a good heart to it because of how it ties uh, to Wonka's mother like she's kind of the impetus for why he wants to be a chocolatier and whatnot and that's a nice core to have Paul King really like focuses on on having a big beating heart in his movie because I heard that this is basically it's nothing like the original in that it's like more of a feel-good like like romp than it is like a dangerous in a way child murdering absolutely there's there's satire to be found for sure especially about about capitalism and stuff like that but it definitely is paul king bringing a much more whimsical approach to to roald dahl's material um and so is this source material from roald i mean it's just the character yeah just the character and there and there are certain elements that they have pulled that were like revealed in either of the books that's what i wasn't sure yeah Yeah. um but it's not based on any any single book or anything like that it's it's it's, and it it feels refreshing the the songs are good the the supporting cast is really what makes it and that's that's another thing that makes chalamet's performance not pop very well is the supporting cast members are also good at playing these quirky cartoonish characters who perfectly inhabit this fantastical world that paul king has created for them to exist in that Chalamet's performance when he's trying to be eccentric and weird it doesn't feel like it's on par and like it's like well you're not as unique or like strange as any of these other characters around you like Olivia Coleman uh, as this this woman who like tricks him into like staying in her her hostel and he gets stuck in like a contract and he has to stay there and wash laundry in the basement any of the people who Sally are, Hawkins is in it these are great well actors. Sally Hawkins plays his mother in flashbacks okay, yeah. uh, but like all three of the people who are part of the chocolate cartel Slugworth and you know you have Matt Lucas as one of the other ones they're very cartoonish as well and so All very good actors too, right? yeah, yeah everyone is fantastic so is this a failure of direction though it's not a failure of direction i just think that yeah, i mean and partially it is because paul king I, cast timothy chalamet yeah, i catch you and like well this isn't working i need you to be more yeah and you know, I, I i think paul king was satisfied with what timothy chalamet did and here's the thing i'm partially in the minority here i have seen lots of people praising timothy chalamet and saying how great he was and everything and i wish i saw the performance that they did because I just, I just did not enjoy him in this role. Um, he doesn't ruin the movie for me because of how great the ensemble cast is, how good the story is, how all these elements around him are very good, but he, he brings it down a little bit. He, he just, he just kind of makes it, doesn't pop as much as it should. In 2018, when Paul King was in negotiations direct, they, some of the names that they were kind of throwing around for Wonka was, yeah, remind me, uh, Donald Glover. Oof. I I, I kind of interesting. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. You know, I'm so glad you said that because somebody else asked me, "Well, who would you have instead?" And I was like, "Well, if he was young enough, Ryan Gosling." I mean, you you say that for everybody. That's because well, he, that's because he's a fucking chameleon. He's say, a treasure and he's amazing. You say Ryan Gosling every time. He's like, "Well, who would you, Ryan Gosling?" Every time he's he is. And then, give me a give me a reason not to. The, 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 fair the, third, enough. the third one, I think Ben's going to be a little more a fan of than I am. Ezra Miller. Oof, yuck. <laughs> Although I will say, if Ezra oh, was Emil Hirsch not available, <laughs> if Ezra Miller didn't have his whole troubled situation, yeah, like, he would have given yes. a great performance yes. as Wonka, better than Chalamet. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I think more so. like Timothy Charlatan. 
<laughs> Boy, but yeah. So, uh, you know and then, hey, hey, another, hey, hey, hey. No. Another one. What do you think about no. this one? The other one, this is after. So this is even more recently because Chalamet was cast in January 2021. Mm-hmm. So then there was three years between those yeah. conversations. Paul Giamatti. The other one. Two years. Um, Tom Holland. I could see that, but I, I could also. Do, do you think better than Chalamet? I think Tom Holland has shown an affinity for comedic stuff that Chalamet hasn't, and that's what gives me the thought that he probably would be pretty good. But I also, I don't know if Holland's penchant for comedy has limitations in the same way that Chalamet does. I would say this: Holland is a a better musician, right? He can do musical theater. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Chalamet has the same problem that Johnny Depp has in Sweeney Todd, in that he does not have a strong enough voice to lead a musical like this. Like you need someone who's got like lungs. You know, you you know who does though, Ben Ryan Gosling. So true. The the thing that I I have not been necessarily on the the Chalamet train Mm -hmm. since he's he's a good looking man. I mean, I, I don't. He's fine. Uh, the the reason, and this is this is not his fault at all, but the reason I can't ever believe him as the character is because he has a very distinct lisp to me that mm-hmm. I always just think that's Timothy Chalamet. That's oh, the thing that doesn't allow me to believe him as the character because it's always the same voice. He can't get rid of that. And yeah. again, I want to be very clear: this is not a bit. It's not his fault, and and he's in spite of that. I don't even be, think I don't even think it's a lisp necessarily. It's just it's something about his the way he. It, it, it may, yeah. Okay, I'm calling it a lisp, yeah. but you, you I know, know what I mean. Yeah. No, there, there's a vocal intonation his, or something. Yep. His delivery does not change no matter what right, he's doing. Right. Yeah. So while that worked in uh, what Little Women, right? Yeah. I believed him as that character, but that was the first time I had it's, seen him. It's funny you say that. Back to my point with Kristen Stewart, that's my problem with yeah. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Is it's, it's really hard for me to believe them in the role, like Brad said, but it to me it's because the flat, Maybe yeah, not even flat. Sure. Delivery is always the same. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it it's just the same delivery, right? It could be a fine delivery in one way, but it there's but no you, difference. You've got to disappear into that role and change your voice to do it. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, and he, he doesn't do that. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I I like still liked worth seeing though. I honestly would give it More a like shot. Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, I w- I would give it a shot. What it where, where are we on Rotten Tomatoes with it roughly? Oh, yeah. I don't know. One hundred and ten percent. No, I, I didn't know if if it if it's been liked more it than is, you are initially liked? the react the first reactions that i saw when the social embargo broke uh, where people were pretty high on it okay um i haven't i know that there were some people who but i because um, this is the same director that did paddington right yeah both paddington oh yeah 84 well, so, right yeah now, no i'll see it's, it's certified reviews. fresh yeah uh, so, it's certified fresh fuck me so. right <laughs> no I, I i kind of agree with you on timothy chalamet i like timothy chalamet um I didn't even give the movie a negative review either. I, oh, yeah. I gave it a seven out of ten, and I and I, I I will say I liked it for the most part. But Timothy Chalamet brings it down. So to are me. you saying then uh, maybe a little bit that you're disappointed because it is a better film yeah. if Timothy Chalamet's not in it? Yes, it was a ten out of ten, and then Chalamet brought it all the way down. Yeah, to I mean, seven. Dude, not not to say he did, but he kind of did, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it was a it'd be maybe an eight or a nine. Yeah. If there are if, several elements of Chalamet's performance that just make the movie drop a bit, because Paul King is his name, right? Mm-hmm. He is great at, again, I'm such a big fan of the Paddington films, but he is great at whimsy. And, yeah, more like Gimothy, less Chalamet. Um, <laughs> so I, I, tr- I trust him with Wonka. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, third one's a charm. Okay, no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, uh, one more question for Red. Is there anything else you watched? Yes, I watched my assigned movie from my good friend Ben Konowitz, uh, and that is a movie called Funny Farm that is starring Chevy Chase and is directed by George Rohill. What did George Rohill direct, Ben? 
George Roy Hill directed the Blues Brothers. He did not. Okay. Uh, but I did like the confidence in which you said that. <laughs> you know, if that was right, though, yeah. it would have been awesome. Oh, I would have been great. I was uh, I was honestly really impressed that you like really quickly fired back. <laughs> I like, wish you knew because he directed another movie that you assigned me, and I wish you remembered this. Uh, he directed Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did and The Sting. Wow. Yeah. He's a very prolific uh, director, and he is- That's uh, crazy he directed that, though. I know. Yeah. And this, anyway. was, this was actually his last movie, uh, Funny Farm was. I mean, uh, that makes sense because Butch Cassidy's 67, mm-hmm. Funny Farm 96? 88. 88, wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is- So you got a 20-some year career. Yeah. Now, Ben, I'm going to give you a little bit of shit about this movie. Uh, I haven't seen this in a very long time. So not because it's bad, but because of the way you sold it to me uh, kind of ruined the ending. <laughs> really? So and, and by selling it to you, is he just told you the ending? He, but not. But but I don't. But I don't think he realized that he was he was doing this. So the, yeah, yeah. No. Ben, ben, tell the people how you described the movie. Yeah. So I, I said this is a movie about a guy that uh, him and his wife buy a house, and they immediately realize that the uh, town hates them, and they they are just the the he hates them, they hate him, and so he basically says, "I've got to sell this house." So the movie is about he's paying these townspeople to like act like they like him because there's buyers that are going to come buy this house and he's got to make sure that it's this idyllic you know like we're going to release a, a, a deer in the backyard on a, on a perfect snowy winter's day and it's going to be perfect and then we'll get the fuck out of town because you hate us and you'll get new people that you might like that's how I described it to Brad so what Ben just described to you is the last 20 minutes of <laughs> a funny farm <laughs> Because it's been so long, I don't remember that. I thought that was the whole movie. So I spent like most of this movie thinking, like, when the fuck is this going to happen? Like, oh, are they going to cram this into the dude, end of this movie? I'm actually very happy that I did this. Oh my god, that's so great. I, so uh, Brad, now okay, I want you right now. What is the first eighty percent of this yeah. movie about? Because I don't remind remember. Ben. So yeah, what, remind what, me. So what this movie is actually about? It, it kind of is in a similar vein of, uh, of the Burbs, where Chevy Chase uh, and and his his uh, girlfriend wife uh, wife uh, they move. Wife. Oh yeah. They move from the city to a, a farm in the middle of nowhere. He's been a successful sports journalist, but he just got an advance to write a novel. They're moving to the, this nice farm called Redbud, and they're going to spend their time there. He's going to write his book. Everything's going to be great. They get there, uh, and it, it's not it's not terrible. Like There's a few things that go wrong. Uh, they have some mishaps in town, but by no means does anybody in the town really hate him. There's, there's a couple of people who are frustrated with him. The mailman immediately. The mailman doesn't hate them. He's just crazy. Uh, <laughs> But there, See, and there's and this is me remembering. Yeah, there's 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 a fishing debacle that happens, yes, but like yep. they don't they don't have like an outright horrible relationship with everybody in the town. Uh, but it's just it's they come to not really enjoy it. But the the real crux of it is why this happens is because while they're there, he doesn't write a good book. His wife ends up hating it. That's right. And she, she writes a successful wait, children's book. Hold on, she, she reads it. And like does tells him that yeah it's she, bad and it's right? that, that scene is hilarious too yeah and so but then she while she's been there she's been writing this children's book that gets bought and she gets in advance and he gets frustrated by it so he kind of starts sabotaging and making things bad that that does come into play later though where they they want to get a divorce and so they have to sell the house they're not yeah, selling okay. it because everyone hates them sorry see this but, is crazy but, the, but now I want to see that movie where they do move somewhere and like yeah. they do piss off everybody, everybody and they're like okay them. well we got to figure yeah. this out and like so, and half the movie is them trying to like convince everyone so, remake funny farm story right ryan gosling there you go i would i would love it but yeah so i did enjoy this movie though there's some really great slapstick comedy elements it's, in this it's chevy chase so 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 obviously everybody knows chevy chase but 
the reason that I remember liking it a lot is because there's nobody that plays a lovable asshole. Yeah, and he was at the top of his game at this yeah. point, right? And so yeah. to to watch the neighbors interact with him and like just this passive aggressive, like this smile that you're saying, "Hey, fuck you, asshole." Yeah, Chevy Chase does that better than anybody. Yeah, yeah. he has and, a little bit of that in Christmas Vacation as well. Oh, of course, a hundred percent. But yeah. I, I remember liking it a lot. So I told Brad, though, one of the reasons that I liked this movie a lot, when I think it was formative for my business career, uh, because I remember the transactional relationship that he had with the town was like, I'm going to pay you, and we're going to make this perfect for the buyer. It was uh-huh. like, in my head, even at his young age, when I saw I saw this probably when it was on VHS in like the, the early 90s. I was probably 11 or 12, and I just remember thinking how perfect it was that like, oh, you can make a plan come together, and you can pay people, and this will happen. I remember thinking that at the time. And that was probably one of the first times I thought I want to get into business. <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, it's very it's very funny and like uh, I, I do wonder what it would be like to watch it not thinking and sitting Sorry, there. Sorry, man. When is this going to happen? <laughs> I wasn't upset by it, but I was just like, oh, that's that's weird. That's that's how he remembered this. Movie. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so from now on, if I want to uh, 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 give you a movie that is more than twenty years old, I should watch it first. <laughs> but yeah, I still I still liked it. It was it was an yeah. enjoyable movie. I'm glad awesome. I saw it. Awesome, awesome. What have you seen, Ben? Uh I wrote them all down because it's been a couple weeks and I actually did, you know, uh I did I did You it, did man. the work. I did the work this time around, guys. Uh so uh I watched Super Mario Brothers. Oh, finally. Yeah, I got around to it. And yeah, what'd you think? Uh you know what? It's better than Brad. And I'm not being a dick. No, no. it's better than you laid it out to me. My like, boys loved this. Film. You were disappointed in it, and I thought that it was better than that. I thought that there was enough. Um, I don't know. There was enough. Uh, like Jack Black as Bowser is incredible. Like he's. I love really, Jack Black he's as Bowser. Really yeah. Um, Chris Pratt's not bad. He's not great, but he's not bad. I do like that they established early on in the commercial he's putting on a voice, and that's yeah. not his real voice. That worked for me. Um, I, I do agree that it could have been. There could have been more adult. Like comedy stuff that wouldn't have ruined it for kids, but yeah. at the same time, there was so much side-scrolling stuff that was so cool. Like I remember, obviously Mario is a side-scroller. Like mm-hmm. you just go side, left to right, and there were so many cool visuals about that. Visuals that I, are great. I really love the visuals. It. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just there was enough good about it that that it made up for the the lack of like real plot and like how quickly they jump. I, in. Did you have fun watching it? Because I, I think that's why a lot of people liked it. It was just fun. And it was just. I, I get it though. Like. Uh, you know the, the interaction between Mario and, and Princess Peach was like three seconds, and she's like, "Well, let's go on an adventure." Like, there's no real like development. The script is there. terrible. It's terrible. But be, even despite that, though, I still had a good time watching it. So it was, it was. It, and honestly, hour thirty minutes is exactly how long that yeah. would be. I, I was happy with it overall. I mean, it it is the. I mean, it's a t- top five uh, revenue film for this year. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it's one of the big ones. No, I mean, I, I get why. Right, it was it was good enough. Have you seen Spider Man Across the Spider? I have not. Yet. Yet. Okay, no, yeah. So watch that, uh, and you'll see what, I, what that, a real animated movie. That is, yeah, but that's not really that, aimed that at the is, same audience at all. It is. I mean, it's but not, that is a fantastic it is. film. It is. Yeah. It's not named. It's not aimed at six to nine year olds. Yeah, it hundred percent. I I think it's more. It's made, it's, there's way more thematic elements. For sure, it's made. It's, sure, it's it's made for a slightly more mature audience. But there, exactly. But I, so it's my not same audience. Britney Britney's sister has kids who are five and six, and they fucking love those movies. Well, of Do course, they also f- like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're both flashing lights and they don't understand anything. So yeah, you can't. Oh, tell so me, all kids are stupid now. Yes, five to wow. five to. You six hear that, girls, Nate? Five to six year olds, you could play. I'm not a kid. You if if, <laughs> if you put if you put Schindler's List into full Technicolor and just like had a bunch of flashing lights, they'd be like, "I love Schindler's List." Like, it just they don't care. I don't think that that's true. Uh, it's yeah, so yeah, true. But what else you watch anyway? 
Uh, I, I watched a movie that Brad forgot about that we saw together in Utah called Silent oh, Night. Oh, yeah. That's, that's that's the other one. I, I knew I was forgetting something. Uh, so, uh, who, who, who's in that? Uh, uh, Joel Kinnaman? Joel Kinnaman, yeah. Was just, it's say, a John Woo movie. So, so, yeah, it's like, uh, so Joel Kinnaman, if you don't know, is Captain Flag from Suicide Squad. Uh, more importantly, he's a RoboCop in the RoboCop remake. Well- Let's just forget about that <laughs> because I did. Uh, so I like him in Suicide Squad, actually. Oh, in the, he's, in the he's very, very serviceable. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, so, so this movie, I unfortunately, uh, you know bought into the hype on Twitter about how good it was and it's John Woo's return to form. There are 20 things in this film that I've never seen before. And wow. So I went there and sat there and I'm like, well, I'm waiting for the first one. And we're 90% through the movie. It's fine. It's just, it's it's a John Wick wannabe. I, I said we got out of the theater, and I don't even know the, I, I said, oh, Randy Candle yeah. is here. <laughs> because it's basically that. It's like, what if John Wick wasn't an assassin? What if he was just a guy who tried to train himself after his kid gets killed, and he has to go after like this L7 mafia or whatever, a Latino gang? It's a revenge film, it's right? It's fine. I, I, I am such a revenge film nerd though that this is nowhere near yeah. the top i mean i've seen i've literally seen 10 to 15 revenge films that are way better than this sure and it's and and john woo does a good job and kinnaman's fine it's not a bad film it's Just, not a bad it's film an, it's enjoyable it's fine the other thing that you said that i i totally agree with and that's kind of like my sticking point for the criticism is that uh, we're in a post John Wick world, exactly, and like it's really hard to you match up the quality it. of action, even when you're John Woo. And yeah. honestly, I mean, the choreography just in John Wick alone is just amazing. I will say that I, I, hot take here. It doesn't speak to how bad these are. It's to speak to how good the John Wick universe is. Yeah, those directors and and that actor specifically are so good at what they do. It really does make it hard for an all time i mean maybe the best action director of all time i mean those fight scenes in the killer and in the shootout scene they're in incredible indelible he can't even compete now with john wick yeah it's it's changed the game for real and the last time we saw something change the game that much as far as filmmaking in a genre was to the to me the matrix it changed the way things were shot. The bullet time became, you know, a joke by the time Shrek came out or whatever, Shrek two or three, whatever. But in the moment, it changed the genre, and and John Wick changed the genre. That's all it was. So that's why Silent Night doesn't work as well as we would have hoped to, but it was still serviceable. It was fine. Yeah, me and Ben uh, had a couple of fun like running gags. Oh my god, I was too. leaning in. I mean, what was? Oh god, what was the one? The best. The the, the, the my favorite one was the was that he he smashes this like voice thing he gets because so so he gets shot in the throat yeah. so he, he can't talk throughout the movie. So I know. So I will say that is different. Like he gets shot in the throat and he he doesn't say a word the entire yeah. film. He's so the whole movie is almost dialogue free yeah. basically in the same way that no one will save you. But is. then Beyonce was in the theater next to us. <laughs> but no, so. He smashes like the voice thing that like you can hold up to your throat so that you yep. can talk. And honestly, he opens the box and it looks very bespoke and just very like expensive as fuck, right? And yeah, he just throws it down and I just go, "That was five thousand dollars." Bradley goes, "That was five thousand And then there was two other instances where like he something broke something. Like, that, that was five thousand dollars. <laughs> and it was, of course, he like threw a popsicle stick. Like, that was five thousand dollars. It was so we had a great time with that kind of stuff. But Brad and I have a great time every time. We really do. We're just a couple friends. I saw uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as good as Fallout, of but course. still a very serviceable Mission Impossible movie. It's. It, I just. I don't know why it's got. 96% on Rotten Tomatoes it's not as it's not as good as that um, it's way too long uh, there are 
a few confounding things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, uh, uh, this is not a spoiler. In the beginning of the film, uh, there is an AI program that eventually will corrupt. They say it will get into our servers, Nate. Mm-hmm. Don't you look at me in my face? <laughs> it because w- I want I want your opinion. This AI is. They say in the film, it will eventually get into our data service and it will then be able to change what we read so we won't know the truth from from fake news, basically, right? So their response here is, that has not happened yet. It will happen. So you cut to a scene of 1,000 CIA agents typing on manual typewriters. And my, my question is, why don't they just hit print? Because it hasn't happened yet. They know it hasn't. They've said it. It hasn't happened yet, but eventually it will happen. So just hit the print and print all the documents out and then keep them in the Why are you manually reading them off of a computer screen and typing? It made no sense to me. Yeah, that, that is what we call in the industry a, a plot hole. Yeah, big one. And and that came in the first 20 minutes. And that's If I had to solve that by like trying to come up with an explanation, like if, if I were the person who's like tasked with doing that, I would say that even if the AI isn't doing that yet, if the AI realized what they were doing, like why they were printing out that stuff, then the AI could conceivably fuck up what they're doing. Like do it quicker? Yeah, and stop them from being able to do that. That's, you know what? They should have had one sentence in the film that said that. Mm-hmm. They're like, why, but why don't we just hit print? Do-do-do. Okay, the movie's already two hours and 37 minutes long, and now it's two hours and 38 minutes long. Yep, yeah, we're good. Yep. All right, so fair enough, Brad. Um, but no, the train scene uh, it was great. One thing that Brad and I talked about was... Um, I don't love that this has become, hey, here is 37 minutes of a documentary about the stunt that everybody's going to see. Mm-hmm. Here, it's it's prominently displayed in the trailer. Yep. And the whole time I'm watching the scene in the movie where it's there's no buildup. all over now, YouTube. Now, now it's, like, there's buildup in the movie if you are living under a rock. But in the film, as a guy that's seen, I watched the behind-the-scenes documentary. I watched all the trailers. I'm waiting for him to get over the mountain like... Me, Benji, and the, and everybody else in the audience knows what's about to happen. Tom Cruise's character is the only one that doesn't know. This is boring because yep. I'm just waiting for you to do the stunt. Yeah, that, that's a good point of overkilling that that stunt that they were very very proud of. And I get it; it's a great stunt. Yeah, but but release that afterwards. I don't. Yeah, right. Don't like because they released it like three months before it, the film came it's out. The first time that I've watched a Mission Impossible where I'm going because even even watching Tom Cruise in a trailer hang on to the, yeah. the they didn't explain how they did it they yeah. didn't do it, or at least I didn't see it. Yeah and even if it was like you said even if it wasn't just the trailer they released so much more than that though. Yeah. They, they released the behind the scenes Way they released you know and it became a part of a commercial it was it was everywhere. It was too much. Uh, and then, last but not least, I watched uh, my my assigned movie by my good friend Nate Lux. And a I, Christmas movie. I I think we're good friends. We are. Why? Why, why would we? I gave you a good film to because watch because you gave me the Family Stone. Yeah, with Craig T. Because Nelson. Because you told me, and I quote: "Craig T. Nelson's in it." This is a Christmas movie. Yeah. That I think you'll like. Yeah, I do. Brad, he said, "This is a Christmas movie mm-hmm. that I'll think you'll like." And and here's the thing: this is the saddest. 
most cringeworthy movie oh, I've God. seen in so quite most cringeworthy. It's, it's so cr- it's so cringy. It's not cringe. I mean, there there's some there's some awkward there's some stuff tropiness in it, for stuff sure. there, but like it's not cringeworthy. No, it's not cringy because the characters are so good. It's cringeworthy because no one acts like that. This is a bad movie. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Dermot McDillett or whatever he is. Dermot, <laughs> Dermot McDillett. <laughs> Dylan Dylan McGrooney. It's Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, him. He is the worst character. Why is he the worst? He doesn't at all immediately fight for his, evidently the woman he's going to marry. He lets her get just needled by this horrible family over and over. He finally like steps into a stool and goes, that's enough. Like 45 minutes into the film. It's like, you're a bad boyfriend. The family's fucking terrible. Everybody's just so shitty to her she's terrible there's not one redeeming person in this except the guy that was the love interest for parks and recreation amy poehler yeah he's the only redeemable character in this That's maybe the, maybe the deaf guy mark brandanowitz yeah mark brandanowitz maybe and maybe the deaf guy and his boyfriend but rachel uh, mcdams is cute yeah i was she's gonna say i love a rachel terrible person but she's cute yeah she looks really cute and, and, she, and she's wearing glasses the worst uh, the worst part about this she's film. a little feisty you know? yeah. i like that the i like wor- a little feisty rachel the, mcdams she's not a little feisty she's a bitch a little feisty. I think that's why I like it. <laughs> Listen, as somebody who likes people that make fun of them and and are, and, and and take you down a peg, and I love that out of, out of ladies, uh, I'm, I'm th- oddly attracted to that. I'm very attracted to that. Bridge too far. Okay, no. terrible, terrible. I think Craig D. Nelson's a great dad. He's fine. Don't uh, ever make fun of Craig D. Nelson. It's coach. So dauber. <laughs> I knew you were so I don't know. Yo, you're, I knew you were saying that. Anyway. Diane Keaton's great in this. Here's here's the worst part of this film. It uh, Spoiler alert from 20 years ago. It ends. So in the middle of the film, uh, we find out that Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker's character hates gay people. And so when we find that out. She doesn't hate yeah, gay people. Yeah, she doesn't people. hate gay people. She just doesn't. She's just doesn't. She's not woke. Yeah, she doesn't know how to deal with it, really. She just doesn't. She says things that she shouldn't say. They're I, not. I, they're not normal. You know. They're just not normal. Why wouldn't you want a normal child? And so instead of them being like, Whoa, but in two thousand, I feel like that was a conversation. Yeah, that was a, that was a normal conversation at the time. I don't care. Uh, I, I know. I'm just at, saying. I don't think they were trying family, to make her a bigot. Though. Yeah, exactly. for that family though, it was normal. And so at the end of the fucking movie, yeah. she ends up still in the family, not with a different guy, the guy she thought she fucked, but nobody has a problem with her still being there, even though the elephant in the room is like, oh, I still don't think that those two people are normal. No, I, I, I don't think so. I don't I think, think I, I think her perspective they is- They didn't is, have her grow as a character enough. Her they per- didn't say like, I am, it never It I, never ended up 20 minutes later that she apologized for that. But her per- her perspective isn't that- they're they're not normal and so they're bad it's that it, it means that like their kid will have a more difficult yes, life which was a, a fairly common thing that people yeah, would exactly. make the argument for it because again you're going down this path and there's that at that point this is a path a little bit that you're choosing which yeah it's, is like, wrong, it's like it's but, why why would you want to bring a child into an environment that will be inherently more difficult for them because of the and in- as a parent doesn't it make you sad because it's going to be harder right, for them exactly. yeah so instead of taking two minutes in the film to you know explain a, a, why uh, Diane Keaton is being so bitchy towards uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's character because like or, or why a uh, coach should come over and say like have, a, have an aside like he is the one by the way that in this moment in this film could have pulled her aside and said that hey 
it's not a choice. It's not that. And they could have had that real conversation okay. because that's what the family. Yeah, took. this, this they is not a Hallmark film, though. This is a film based in real reality. When, but they, it's not based in reality yeah. because none of those are real reactions. No, no, I, dis- no, I disagree. I, 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 I guarantee think this you, this is more real than a Lifetime movie. Where, yeah, there are, there are families who like they yep. have conversations like this. They called think, the they th- think this way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, but um, I get it. But then also Dylan McDermott's character would have been like Dylan immediately Mulroney. Oh fuck him! Immediately would have stood up for her. Like in the moment where it got awkward, he would have said like, "Hey, I don't know." I know that, a lot of passive it, guys like that. that. I know that, that, a lot of passive no, guys like it's, that. You're you're not this they, person. They let it ride so long. You're not this person, so, and that's why it's cringeworthy. You're not this person, so you wouldn't do that. But there are I definitely, know people yeah, like there this. are definitely men who in their family they can't stand up to their family in that yep. way because they just don't have the strength. to do Are that. you fucking serious? Right? Dead no, serious. And, and, and I, I think you're. Th- there's a layer here that you're missing for Diane Keaton's character, who is dying, dying, and. I think she's mourning her death, and and I think people there don't know she's dying, right? They, they, so, and so I think no, hold on. I think that's why it added complexity to Diane Keaton's character no, because I, she knows, and Craig T. Nelson knows something scene, that's going on. There, there's a scene where she says no to giving him the ring, right? Yeah, I want to give Grandma's ring to my. I'm gonna ask her. I and, have done enough weddings where that has actually happened, no, and in that scene, I love Diane Keaton. Because she knows she's dying. She knows in her heart it's not the right woman for him. And that scene works. She's not being a bitch or bitchy in that scene. She's just being real. But everything else in this film feels so over the top and not necessary. Like Rachel McAdams' character, it goes so, so above and beyond. It's just... I. I we're supposed to believe that Rachel McAdams is just this quirky, fun thing. But like the thing they did in the Shrades thing, where she points to like she makes her feel so terrible about like kind of gesturing towards a black guy. That's not what would really happen. I just I was it was it took me out of the film so many times. There were so many unbelievable things that happened here where you can do it in a better way that is more nuanced. And and you've never had in laws that didn't like you, did you? Never, because I'm Ben Connor. come on? He's never had in-laws. Yeah, yeah fucking in-laws. They're terrible. I don't know what's an I, in-law. I, I I don't think you're com- <laughs> I don't think you're completely wrong that there there's certainly some Hollywood. I will admit. I will admit that I I I'm not that person. So it's not it's not like because what I my, my problem is I put myself into these roles and say what would I do and when I don't agree with what they're doing I I, I push back and I'm like that's cringy I, I would just explain myself away I get that but you guys should admit a little bit that everything is in this film. The characterization is so heightened and so weird and over the top. Let, let me give you let me give a, too much. In a, in a way, sure, but I I knowing and hearing about family drama from other people that I know and things like that, some of the stuff that happens here is not as out of the ordinary as you think. You you haven't experienced it because your family's not like that. But we, I, don't, we don't talk. That's what I, I mean. That's what I mean. I've talked to a, lo- a lot of people who have had plenty of situations like like this. All right. So if you are listening to this right now. I'm seriously, I'm seriously. You guys, I'm seriously. I'm seriously. <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, please se- don't. You don't have to comment publicly because maybe you don't want to. But, <laughs> but send GoFlix yourself a Facebook message and just say, "I think that this is more spot on to an actual family," or you agree with me and you say, "You're right." No one acts like this. I really do want to have like a couple of responses. I need to know if I'm right or if Brad's right. 
Roger Ebert says. Nate agrees with me too. I do, no, we, we don't uh, talk about that. Well, I recommended the film, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Roger Ebert. But yeah, you no, no, you recommended this because it's a very sad, and depressing, and cringy film. You, uh, you, you, you hate me. It's been a hard year. Um, so, uh, Roger Ebert said this. He says this film is silly at times. He gave it a three out of four stars. It's silly at times, leaning towards the screwball tradition of everyone racing around the house at the same time in a panic fueled by serial misunderstandings. However. There's also a thoughtful side involving the long and loving marriage of Sybil and Kelly. Um, so he recommends the film. And he, he, it is complex. Yeah. It is. It has a little bit. And it, it maybe it leans one. In some scenes, it leans a little hard on, on some of the screwballiness. Or yeah. maybe, you know. But it's a movie, too. And But there's. I think the performances are good. There, it's, it's, and it ends in a way that I was happy with. So. Yeah. Well, I've never agreed with Roger Ebert once. And I don't agree with him now. You don't like Roger Ebert? No, no he, I, I love him. He, yeah, he doesn't I love him. Just, fine, fine. I'm wrong. Right, you I, know what, guys? Uh, Family Stone, 10 out of 10. <laughs> highly recommend. Uh, n- not awkward at all. People, it's it's a, it's it's a perfect example of what people actually do. It's a happy Christmas movie, yeah, right? happy Christmas movie. And people, everybody learns a lesson. <laughs> Especially Ben. <laughs> that's it that's all i watched that's it so we've got some trailers uh, we did watch some trailers and i know that we have to do a trailer song so ben if you want to get on that train and do one it's beginning to look a lot like trailers trailers with brad and nate and ben Ooh. And sometimes we're gonna watch, watch. and sometimes we're gonna listen, listen, and then we'll talk. Okay, I think you forgot how the and, song went, but <laughs> yeah, I, so yeah. I applaud the effort. I do like that. Yeah, I like Maybe it. If you do a song, you're not allowed to shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. We support each other. Um, this is a yes and podcast. Yes. All right, uh, what do you guys want to talk about first? Let's talk about Godzilla X Kong, the new Empire. How do you, how do you pronounce that? What, is, no, no, it's pronounced Godzilla Twitter Kong. Oh no! What, what, what is it? What is it? Godzilla versus Kong? Godzilla. It's not verse because they, they would have used verse again, yeah, but they didn't. Uh, I, I don't know if it's got, like Godzilla by Kong or like <laughs> Godzilla it's with very, Kong. Very confusing to me. It's, yeah, it's multiplication, guys. It's Godzilla times Kong. Mm-hmm, that's a good point. The new empire. The new empire. So this is uh, the latest in the more recent stream of Godzilla and King Kong movies, uh, following Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, King uh, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, this is the latest. Continues the story. Uh, picks up the the thread of the Hollow Earth from Godzilla versus Kong, where there is a, basically a whole other. Uh, existence under the surface of planet earth which is where uh various kaiju have come from uh and this expands it to where there's a a new threat and godzilla and kong will have to to team up to fight it uh there is a a baby kong there's a new villainous baby villainous ape who has some kind of skeleton bandolier um this this looks wild this is outrageous yeah this is crazy kind of stuff and honestly i'm not upset about it because i kind of like when they bring a little bit of that like heightened sci-fi a- uh, fantasy aspect to godzilla because godzilla was grounded initially the one with brian cranston uh kong skull island is 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 mostly grounded even though it digs into a little bit more fantasy adventure territory uh godzilla king of the monsters kept mostly grounded added more monsters wasn't as good as it should have been and then godzilla versus kong started veering into like oh, okay we're getting a little wackadoo now <laughs> a yeah. little wackadoo this, this looks too wackadoo for me 
I I don't know. There's a certain level of wackadoo where the, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm there, on board. Hey, I also didn't like this trailer. There was the part where it, like it goes quiet, um, and then it comes back full. It force. does feel that was a weird like, edit. It, 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 weird edit, and also then felt very video gameish to so, me. Like so, the weird edit. Let's talk about that just very quickly. I know that's very specific, yeah. but um, the weird edit became when they they let Godzilla ramp up his pink spine stuff. For way too long, you know. If if it would have started and then it would have cut, that's fine. They let it go for like three or four seconds of yeah. and and, like, and then it went like, whoa, that's yeah, weird. It, it, I, I don't I don't get. That. I understand like, the the impetus behind what they did because it does. If you watch the beginning of the trailer again. It echoes the yeah yeah I get that it it does feel weird though. don't do it it, it does it does <laughs> it, feel it, odd I will it, it I do just, agree with it you. didn't feel like the trailer gave me I like actually the groundedness of the early films yeah I like I liked that part of it but it just I don't know there, there was nothing about this that made me want to see it there was no plot in here that no, made no. me so think okay that let me so, so the, and this is meant to be the teaser so like they're not necessarily Again, giving the story yet sorry so I was gonna say the exact same thing. I like this trailer because I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And I love that about trailers. These days, too many times, I'm like, well, that's the whole movie. And I hope that they lean into this more where it's like, we don't know. Here's all the characters in just dis- disparate you know, situations yeah. that we don't know. It'll come together in the film. Go yeah. see it. And I'm sure people like get excited when they see Godzilla spewing fire. Of course. Okay. Well, it, 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 uh, that's not it, fire. Ex- it's called atomic breath. Okay. But it doesn't excite me. It's just, it's just like, okay, so what? Well, give you're me, wrong. So it's okay. Give me Brian I, Cranston doing a, you know, acting his butt off. Sure. Um, I let them fight. I'm I'm interested in this just because I like seeing Godzilla and Kong together in this form. Uh, you know, it's it, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. Um, also, Kong's got a bionic arm. For I some am, reason, I'm very curious about that. I, <laughs> I, ma- I maintain my explanation for it is that it's some kind of containment unit that he broke out of, and it's still stuck to his hand. But now he can use it as a metal arm. I think that it's John C. Riley became a genius and gave him a metal arm. Sure, I'd be down for that. And it's well, it's gold instead of blue, so Chicago Cubs. And you know, it doesn't work. Never mind. I'm out. Yeah. Well, do it. Do it. We did do. it. Uh, so, else? so you guys are going to see this in the theater, yeah, probably. Oh yeah, of course I'll see this in theaters. Okay, not me. I love seeing monsters fight. All right, it's true. Other one, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Hell to the yes. I mean, what's there was, not to like yeah, on this? Just right. Just. If you were listening to this and you haven't seen the trailer, you pause the podcast, you watch the trailer, and we don't even need to talk about it. And it guess what? And, and I'll take it a step further. If uh, if you haven't watched the trailer, you go watch the trailer, and you're like, "Oh, this isn't for me." Uh, just stop, stop listening, listening to this podcast. Yeah, stop, yeah, we're stop. not. We're not. We're for not you for you. Either. We're not. Yeah, for this you. is just. Just go away. This uh, is fantastic. Chris Hemsworth popping up like that is incredible. Anya Taylor Joy is oh. in this. Um, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, who listeners will know, Brad would say for all the people you've interviewed in Hollywood, is the most beautiful person you've interviewed. Correct. Very. Yeah. Very very handsome man in person, yeah. Uh, so uh, bonerific. <laughs> uh, he's almost unrecognizable in this movie. That the nose that he's wearing is the very first cut to him, right? Yeah, I was like I, who is I that? Definitely was like, is that a character? Oh, and yeah. Then, like again, like one second later, you can't miss like, those baby blues though. Yeah, it's it's Chris Hemsworth, but immediately I'm like, oh, yeah, and it looks like he's. Not just a big beefhead, but like he's kind of got some some funny in, in, in there too. I was like, oh, that's the guy from he Black is, Hat. He is great in comedy, <laughs> though. So. Uh, he is. He's fantastic. But yeah, this I'm so on board for this. Uh, I love Mad Max Fury Road. It's one of the best action movies of the 21st century. Agreed. Um, it Agreed. is just incredible. And so I'm very excited to see what what this is like. I will say, I 
I feel like the oh now shit on it the action sequences. <laughs> I know. I love I love Max McFury. It's the best thing ever, and you know this trailer looks incredible. I will say, I will say, no, little, I will say. little amateur to no, me. No, so if you watch Mad Max Fury Road, you don't really see where there are obvious visual effects and stuff like that. A lot of it. It's a trailer, Brad. I know, but there are a lot of shots in this that feel like they are more visual effects heavy. And they look more artificial than what was saw in Mad Max Fury Road. I kind of felt that way about the Godzilla trailer. Well, that's that's uh, that makes sense. But yeah, but yeah. So there's there's a there's a visual Just style. Cut to Godzilla and Kong, where it's an actual monkey and a Gila uh, yeah. monster fighting, and you're like, yeah, no, this is what I'm for. This there's an there's fake. A, this is fake. <laughs> I think that if you compare some of the action shots in this trailer to some of the stuff in the movie, you'll see how much more practical we want Fury, practical. Fury Road looks. By the way, Hollywood, if you're listening. Please, yeah, practical effects, of course. whatever you can. And uh, and 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 Ben is partially right. It could be because it is a trailer, and the visual effects don't always look finished. But I think even just the just the visual style. And the oh, one I get it. I get the it. one saving grace is that this still is a George Miller movie. So maybe he's trying some stuff, and that I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'm yeah. and there's still time. This comes out. Uh, uh, the um, Godzilla times Kong comes out. Uh, April twelfth <laughs> and Furio until I know what it's called, I'm calling it that. And Furiosa comes out May twenty fourth. So there's still some time to work on those types of Yeah. Things. But you're right, Brad. To your point, George Miller is very practical in yeah. his in his filmmaking and I I'm very much looking forward to this film. I honestly I might be looking forward to this film in twenty twenty four more than any other film. What about Fall Guy? It looks no, great, Fall but Guy. this right. looks I'm very excited for the Fall Guy. Yeah, Fantastic. Did you know Fall Guy stars Ryan Gosling? <laughs> I, he should be in a lot more things. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a movie podcast. Also, we should uh, we should bring back a recast. I want to do a recast again. We can do a recast sometime. Right. Nate, we used to do this thing where we just recast movies. All right. Yeah, we would do it with like a modern cast of who you'd yeah, like who'd Top Gun, to but like who would you pick now? Yeah, we and we do lot. some of that. I mean, I ask you guys well, that yeah, question, but, but, but we, yeah, like we a, would full take film, a, a full film, a full movie, yep. and say yeah, yeah, that'd be so fun. I want to bring that back. Yeah, we, we can do that next podcast. I love it. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We love talking about movies. We we hope that you like hearing about movies. Um, you know, it's it's always fun just to hear from you guys. So if you have any feedback, if you want to put a review on 100th episode, which we will do nothing for. I don't want to go that far, but I just know that we no, want to. I said that we should do a hundredth episode spectacular, and Brad poo pooed it. We never did it. I didn't poo poo so it. I said whatever, that if we're going to do it, we got to do it right, and we need to make sure we can get a bunch of people together. Whatever, and we never did it. Whatever episode we we're on, we're actually one episode behind because we never did a hundred. It, it's funny because our other podcast, the ten to one, I told you guys last week. I said, guys, we're coming up on fifty uh, real soon. We should do something fun for it. And then I went to edit, it and we're at fifty-one already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. It, 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 it gets away from you quickly. Uh, so yeah, so uh, you know it would be nice to do something. I just don't know if we we have we the... get each other like a gift exchange. Okay, <laughs> that's good for a podcast. Yeah, people love hearing us unwrap, unwrap. paper. <laughs> well, as much we, as like we, we do we ASMR chew at the same time. Do you want to eat the Biscoff cookies that you got us again? Those aren't Biscoff cookies. Whatever you, you know that. Whatever <laughs> you know it. Say it. <laughs> yeah. Bye everybody. Bye. Nah, cheating, eh?